0: everybody, this is Matthew, and Rizzo and I are back with another special interview on the You Deserve a Drink podcast. This week our guest is DeFi Dad. We go deep on virtual events together, reflecting first on the recent Ethereal Summit that was held both on a virtual event platform and in CryptoVoxels. On the latter point, we really dive deep on the special sauce behind CryptoVoxels and the future of VR as it relates to events. We also talk about the challenges and struggles and opportunities from taking a in-real-life event like the Ethereal Summit and bringing it online and in a virtual context. We had an awesome conversation. As you hear, we had a bunch of laughs along the way. So I really hope you enjoy the conversation that Rizzo and I had with DeFi Dad. Okay, we're live. This is Matthew from Sense, and Rizzo and I are back with another special interview this week, we're really excited to be speaking with DeFi Dad, who, as his name implies, is a DeFi super user, in addition to being an organizer of the Ethereal Summit and host of the Ethereal Summit podcast. So, welcome to the show, DeFi
1: Dad. Hey, Matthew. Hey, Rizzo. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Oh, It's our pleasure. Uh, so to get started, I think it'd be awesome if you could introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you came to have your moniker uh, of DeFi Dad, and tell us a little bit about what the Ethereal Summit is.
1: Now I'd be happy to. You know what's funny, guys, is right behind me, as as what I've come to find is common in quarantine life. I got a garbage truck just loudly dumping garbage. So I, I, it's lovely. It's a lovely afternoon in quarantine with garbage behind me. Uh, So, so yeah, so my, my background is uh, uh, about five years ago, I was working mostly in the types of software companies that, you know, you think of with like a Salesforce. So I worked in lots of SaaS companies in Silicon Valley And I mostly worked as uh, a solutions engineer or an account executive. So most of my, most of my job revolved around demonstrating software to others and kind of trying to connect the dots from like, here's where you're coming from. And then here's how this thing might solve problems for you by using the software. So uh, about three years ago though, I, I went to an ethereal actually in San Francisco that was in 2017. So it was a very exciting time. And, uh, I joke around, I'm the only person that probably paid full price for their ticket there. And I, I, anyways, I had a great time. I saw a bunch of really cool speakers. And anyways, I kind of just fell down the rabbit hole after that. I'd been listening to lots of Ethereum and Bitcoin podcasts, Laura Shins in particular. And around, I'd say by, by like the new year, 2018, so as the bubble was starting to pop, I found that I was... Uh, pretty unbothered by all of it because I was so obsessed with just like, what is Bitcoin? What does it mean to the future of money? And then this thing, Ethereum, you can build money applications, even though really nothing had been built at that time. And, and by by the summertime, so summer of 2018, I started working at Consensus. I stalked them until they gave me a job and funny enough, started working on the marketing team, which had something to do with Ethereum at that time. And then I'd say for the last two years, I worked as a marketing mercenary inside of the company, trying to work on different portfolio projects. And then I kind of found my, I found like my sweet spot working on Ethereum. So I've been working on Ethereum, which is like a a TEDx conference for the Ethereum community. Uh, You know, the goal is to just bring everyone together, um, have, you know, inspiring talks from founders in the community, help people to, you know, connect with one another since, Most of the time we used to do live events before the quarantine. And, uh, yeah. Anyways, as, as a result of doing all of that, I really fell in love with DeFi. You know, like I was already deep into the Ethereum community and even had some exposure. I'd say about two years ago, I knew what digital art was. I didn't understand like why it was so important yet, but I, I at least understood like what an NFT was and why that mattered to digital art. And, uh, yeah, I started writing up tutorials. So I, I would write up tutorials about here's how you can use DeFi to earn interest on stable coins, or here's how you can use options to hedge against ETH drawing down on you. And I come from a background, I come from a background of not having worked on a trading desk. I grew up in the Midwest in like a you know farm country. Uh, most people I know growing up had maybe a savings account. So I'm always thinking about those people and how those people can potentially use DeFi tools to basically do things with money they couldn't do previously, um, with like the legacy banking architecture. So anyways, yeah, that's, that's how I ended up here. <laughs> and then, Oh, uh, most importantly, how did I get to know, uh, Rizzle and the token smart team was, um, I, I, a few months ago before the quarantine really hit hard in the U S I, uh, I saw Ryan Selkis from Masari tweeting that like you should get a headset. They're going to sell out. It's something that like everyone should have in quarantine. And I'm, I'm one of many people I know who bought it that day. And then as I got into that, I, I, I got drawn into crypto voxels. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember who it is that, that told me to check it out. It might've been just something I saw on Twitter. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I remember mint base. Uh, um, Nate Geyer from Mintbase told me it was his favorite thing of all, in all of Ethereum. And then he introduced me to Rizzle and Jim and, and Trizlet. And so, yeah, I've just been kind of obsessed ever since then. And I try to do a meeting in VR almost every day.
0: That's awesome. That background about yourself is fantastic. I have seen you all over uh, the Twitter sphere. Um, so I've been tangentially aware of you, but like, that's such a fascinating history. And I think both of us can deeply relate to falling down that rabbit hole and being stuck in this space. But I feel like last week we wrapped up or you guys wrapped up the Ethereal Summit. It was a big event. I know our listeners are probably familiar with the, the VR session component, the, the Token Smart panel, or your interview with Andrew Steinwald, uh, or the panel with Josie. But the event was big. So I'm just curious if you want to give a, a recap of everything that you put on, either in VR uh, and outside of it, just to give folks a sense of like the breadth and depth of the events that you guys put on.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, it was it was a big endeavor to put together. Uh, I, I definitely don't want to downplay what a nightmare it felt like behind the scenes at times, but <laughs> I think it all turned out well, and I think that's that's kind of like a credit to it's a credit to the Ethereum community and it's a credit to the crypto voxels community. Like we just have such, um, people just want to get together and hang out and like learn from one another. And, uh, I, I think that that was something that we were able to accomplish. So it, you know, it was two days. It was basically about 12 hours a day. We, the way we set it up was there was a live stream and then there was also lots and lots of breakout rooms in zoom. Um, Most of those were posted through webinars because uh, if you guys have been on any Zoom calls lately, like you can't host them on personal calls anymore because you get Zoom bombed and there's just teenagers out there just going nuts, trying to ruin everyone's Zoom calls. Uh, But we started off with, you know, I think like what made the event special is I want to say like every name that you can think of in Ethereum was there. We were missing still some other folks we wanted to have, but we just kind of ran out of space. And so, you know, we had Vitalik speak, we had uh, Loy Lu of Kyber, you know, we had Rune uh, from MakerDAO, who's the co-founder CEO of Maker. Um, You know, we we actually, when you think about the lineup we had, there's like these headliners that you think of where everyone is like, you got to have Vitalik. But at the same time, when, when I go to like a music festival, I am the most excited about seeing like the smaller, lesser known bands. And so I, I think about like at this event, like I was really stoked for CryptoBoxels for all of those three talks were three of the most important talks to me that would happen because I thought if anyone just clicks the link and gets exposure to this and sees the Token Smart amphitheater you know, their mind's going to explode, and they're going to realize, like, holy crap, I need to, like, start using this stuff. So anyways, uh, long story short, yeah, all sorts of great people, like, um, we had one panel that was the ETH is money panel, and, like, that's kind of been a growing narrative in the community, which is mostly about the fact that, like, ETH rightfully should be called money, and it shouldn't be referred to as gas on the Ethereum network. So I thought that was a really fun one, just to kind of, like, have like an actual panel discuss all the nuances of this argument. And then, um, I, you know, I mean, being selfish, just, yeah, I really had a great time talking with Andrew Steinwald. He's he is a, he's a really thoughtful person in terms of how he thinks about NFTs bringing uh, the mainstream to crypto. And he's got really interesting theses and arguments about why gaming is so much more approachable to newbies to join us in crypto versus something like, talking about monetary theory and all the things that go into Bitcoin, like the, uh, you know, the supply cap and the 21 million Bitcoins, like those things have worked clearly, but it's it's so much more fun to show people. And so I think the whole event was about all these applications like crypto voxels where you can show off all this digital art, you can expose people to all the incredible builds in, in VR and um, you know, hopefully hook some people, make, make them want more of it while they're in quarantine. So, so that we can, um, you know, continue to see the community grow in crypto Dude,
2: It was definitely really fun thing to be a part of. And, and it was a new formula for us too. We had never like done the fireside chat format and, uh, Matthew and I, I know we both had like really good feedback from the community just, uh, on that, um, you know, type of format and everything. And it seemed like everyone in, enjoyed the conversations and it was sort of like a departure from the conversations that we're normally having. So we're certainly learning like on the fly too. Um, dude, I, I know we've had this conversation in the past. Uh, dude, I should say, dad, I know we've had this conversation. Son, <laughs> tell me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you're thinking? Of. Um, so I, I come from the land of Bitcoin originally. So I didn't really fa- fall down the ETH rabbit hole until like about a year ago or so. Uh, when i discovered scent and so i'm i'm sort of coming into the ethereal summit from a fresh standpoint in the sense that i don't really have like anything to compare it to because i wasn't down this rabbit hole last year or whatever so being that we're like all sort of we're, we're all three of us sort of like conversation facilitators in our own right and my my assumption and understanding is that the ethereal summit had to do a pretty drastic pivot from the format that you guys did last year. And so I'm just interested in like hearing what, if there was like any resistance, if everyone was down, what type of like feedback you got from like having to, you know, change gears this year Um, and just, you know, some, some stuff around that.
1: Yeah. It was, I think late February. And we were talking about the pandemic and I I think I think honestly in early February I was you know being in the crypto Twitter sphere you're you've been on high alert like there's lots of people who have been throwing up red flags for better or for worse about the pandemic saying like this thing is going to be very serious you should stock up on groceries get masks get get a VR headset it'll keep you sane and so uh I think rightfully we had some yin, yin and yang on our team we had some others who were uh, I'm thankful we're a little more balanced about it. And we're saying, you know, you might be right. Maybe we do need to pivot from a live event to a to a virtual event, but let's give it some time. And, I, you know, I, I felt really, really good about the fact that I think it was mid-March. I think it was like around March 13th. We we made the call about a little over or a little under two months in advance. Our main concern were were people booking flights to come into New York because normally ethereal is a, a two or three day event uh you know folks come in it's very high production uh we, we and we have a production partner which is why it's high production so it's you know it's a place that's like lots of purple colors lots of lots of rainbow colors um we've tended to always have um art galleries inside of the event and then you know we we have like full-blown stages with all the lighting, you know, you can think of. And so anyways, all of that sort of got, um, it just got scrapped because we we realized we needed to pivot. And then I, I would give credit actually to, I, I, Joe Lubin is the one who said to us like, uh, right around the time we made the decision, he said, well, we should definitely do a virtual event. And I had not been thinking as much about it. I had been thinking the world will go back to normal by the fall. We'll just delay the event to the fall And I'm actually very grateful that he, like, he was the one who kind of was like, you guys got to do an event. Like, why would we not do one? And um, yeah, I'd say like, I I mean, my like net net takeaway from all of this is that uh, if you are going to run an event this year, you should start planning for it to be virtual. I think we're going to be in virtual events for the rest of 2020. I think we're going to probably have, um, actually, let, let me take that back. I have no idea whether we will have Um, A resurgence of of the coronavirus however you might as well like plan for what if that happens and you might as well think about what what would we do to pivot to a virtual conference and that's maybe that's some more of what we can talk about like how we ultimately planned it and some of the like lessons I learned the hard way during the last few months (laughs)
2: Dude, preach, man. I, I would love to, I mean, like I said, we're all sort of in the same boat, you know, just in slightly different looking boats or, or whatever, but um, yeah, really interested to hear the lessons learned and, and takeaways and I don't know, stuff you would definitely do again, stuff you would definitely not do again. Um, any of that, man, is, is gold. <laughs> At least yeah, me, yeah. I don't know if anyone else cares. <laughs> no, no, no,
1: absolutely. Um, so, some of them are really obvious. Uh, one in, The number one thing to me was, focus on bringing as many people to the event as you can handle in terms of speakers, because the problem with a virtual event, what we learned and and what I'm kind of witnessing with consensus distributed, who's doing a fantastic job as well. Their their event is mind-blowingly well organized. Uh, It's very difficult to allow people to talk with one another. Now there's all sorts of different tools. Like if you use Hopin, um, they have a, a virtual networking tool. So you get like, two minutes, let's say, or three minutes to kind of speed date with other people. Um, There are, you know, you could host a Zoom meetup, you could do it through crypto voxels, which was one of, that was the idea we ultimately went ahead with. Uh, So anyways, I I guess like what I'm trying to say is I focused on trying to bring as many speakers as possible because I thought this person might only have 15 minutes to really speak and share their story versus being able to meet lots and lots of their peers at the event. Um, I think a mistake, like one, of, one of the mistakes that stood out in some parts and other parts, you couldn't tell. Um, there were parts of our live stream that were very smooth and there were parts of it that were pretty rough. Uh, you know, people's like mics weren't working. They had auxiliary mics and the, the input output wasn't correct there. And, uh, you know, I, I think the lesson this on is that the
2: stuff, my nightmares are made of these. Days. Oh, oh, and it
1: was, yeah. Yeah. Cause We have, again, we have such nice people in our community. Most people are so um, easygoing and flexible. But here's the thing, like at the end of the day, a great event comes down to great speakers and great content. And if someone preps for several weeks to speak at your event, like you feel like you owe them that time up there on on the virtual stage. And so, you know, I, I just, for a number of speakers, it went in the end, I think we got all talks recorded, but there were a few folks that just, they were having lots of audio issues and, um, you know, just, uh, it's just not something I want to put somebody through, you know, like it's hard enough. It's nerve wracking enough to give a talk. I just don't want them to feel like, like, Oh, it's my fault. Like, am I not doing something correct here? You know, It, it just shouldn't be that difficult to give a talk virtually. So my takeaway from that is, I would honestly, I'd recommend anyone take a look at Crowdcast or Hopin. But, uh, Crowdcast is very inexpensive and it's very easy to use. We did not use it. <laughs> and I kind of question whether maybe we could have used it. Then there's Hopin, which is a more all-encompassing virtual conference software. It's so slick. I honestly just, I, I think like we want it to be a little more in control of of everything and so we weren't sure if the all-in-one solution was the right one. We questioned whether like maybe this thing won't work as well as it's supposed to. And I would argue having gone to another event that it does work as well as it's supposed to. And the last one is Vimeo. Um, if, if you are a professional video production company, I, I mean this is a tool that, you know, like this is a tool that Disney and Tesla and like huge brand names use. Um, I would also say though, that it's very complicated to use. And so unless you have a background working in video production, I probably would skip on the meal. Um, but, but otherwise those were, those were some of the, the, I think the big lessons, uh, maybe also start times like we started very early in the morning at 6am Eastern both days because we thought that we could capture some attention from APAC with, um, CZ from Binance joining us. And we also thought we could capture some attention with uh, with Europe. And I think I think we were wrong. Like, I, I did notice that on the first day, a lot of people showed up for CZ and Vitalik. But I, th- I felt like the second day, there was a much smaller crowd early in the morning until uh, Rune Christensen from MakerDAO came on board. So anyways, I, I think, like, unless you know you have a crowd in APAC or Europe, If you're in the Americas, I would just start at a 9 a.m. Eastern time and not screw around
2: with anything else. Dude, Matthew knows nothing about audio problems.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, audio issues are, I think, just like the flagship problem that all of us have to deal with.
1: Yeah, it feels terrible. Wait, why don't, Rizzo, why don't you share how, I mean, I think... The coolest thing in the in the entire event, and I, I, again, I'm I'm biased because I'm pretty obsessed with it, is that we pulled off these three talks in Crypto Voxels, and part of it was because so we had like a hundred. I'm sorry, I think we had at most Rizzle. Do, don't you think we had like seventy or eighty at most? Or Matthew, did you ever notice how many were in there?
0: Yeah, we were averaging around 60 to 75 uh, concurrent cool. users. So like the all-in, like people that joined earlier on that had to drop off and join later, um, that, that's well, well over 100, probably approaching the 200 person range for, for the entirety of the, the VR sessions specifically after the whip.
1: And if if anyone is, if this is the first time you've ever listened to Matthew's podcast, you should know that two years ago, if you had two people in crypto voxels, that was like a miracle. So the fact that we have this many people in there was a, a big accomplishment. And that's a credit to that's a credit to you guys in the crypto voxels community. I, I don't know how many people clicked the link from the Ethereal agenda, but there were there was a lot of the crypto voxels community there. And, and that was why we chose to use crypto voxels. I, I would tell anyone, you should do a talk in crypto voxels. Don't put someone in there with an enormous ego who's going to be very, um, who's going to get upset if their audio isn't working perfectly. But if, as long as you've got the right crew, you know, someone who's like, I want to do this. Cause I want, I want the bragging rights to say that I did a talk in crypto voxels. They're They're going to have a blast. And, uh, and then, how did we do the audio? Can you explain that Rizzo? You, you connected or like you somehow ported the audio from discord.
2: Oh dude. I wish I could explain it. We hired a magician. His name is Drago Nate. And uh, he has some sort of a virtual cable set up that I don't totally understand. Uh, but he, he's got some workaround that basically allows people to pop into the token smart discord uh, and get audio from there. If the live stream in crypto voxels isn't, working which until this day is like somewhat hit and miss so it seems like depending on who logs and when they they get like seamless audio but you know now we've sort of learned from our mistakes and put a sign up on the wall saying like if you can't hear you know click on this link and scroll down it to get a different audio feed um and that has actually proven to be a, a pretty solid workaround um but I mean, I think we can all agree, man. these audio issues are the stuff that nightmares are are made of, and you put a lot of effort into getting these people up on stage and then like something doesn't work and it's it's mortifying I mean you know they put in effort
1: yeah, yeah, it's embarrassing you you feel like you've really let someone down and and those it's it's not even if we had some of the nicest people, Eric Connor from ethHub was hilarious on his panel for the first fifteen minutes. His audio wouldn't work Eric has a podcast. He's done over a hundred episodes. He's got all sorts of special microphones. He's very smart. He knows how to set up his audio correctly. And he sat there for a while. It was pretty funny. He sat there with his arms kind of like do you guys remember in um, Talladega Nights when Ricky Bobby's like, what should I do with my hands? Like, moving them up and down. So he's kind of doing that. And then he types into the chat. He's like, I'm, he said something like, I guess this is like a voyeur experience. I'm here just to, just to walk. Off. So yeah, we, we, we were very, very lucky that a number of these people were so cool. And then we did get his audio to work. And luckily he was able to join in the conversation.
2: Stuff like that actually makes me feel a lot better. We, we did see, so for what it's worth, um, I know you're saying you weren't keeping or able to keep track of how many people were popping in from your end, but it's it appeared to me that a significant portion of the the regulars who come to our events stuck around, so say like 50 to 60 people or whatever. But when I was talking and, and listening to Trislett and uh, Jim talk on the panel and everything and looking out into the crowd you could see there's like the spawn point or whatever from the link that we gave you to distribute and there was like a pretty steady stream of naked avatars coming in through the spawn point so so you knew that they were not necessarily native to the space or probably found out uh, through the Ethereal Summit, and and it was a pretty steady stream of people throughout. Um, you could see some people get stuck, some people run into the wall, some people figured out how to explore uh, a little bit. But uh, it seemed like uh, a lot of new faces checked it out last week, which is which is really really cool, man.
1: I have I have a hundred percent hit rate going right now with friends. I have been forcing different colleagues and friends to meet me in crypto voxels so like we'll have a zoom meeting and then last minute i'll like message them and say like hey click this link just hit the v button sometimes of course it hasn't worked uh but most of the time i would say yesterday i had a meeting with two friends um who are investors in the space and they were we we got in there and it just totally derailed our original conversation we (laughs) we uh we roamed around the scarlet factory for several minutes and they were just asking all sorts of questions, like, how does this work? And like, so th- they know what NFTs are, so they immediately understood it. But they were, um, they were actually asking some questions, maybe you guys can answer. Uh, they, they asked, is this actually built on Ethereum? And, and my answer was, so I think the proper answer is, the NFTs are, of course, enabled by Ethereum. And so this is an NFT based VR world. But no, like, I, I think like, I think it's right to say that Ben controls those servers and that, I mean, this isn't like some decentralized thing that can never be shut down yet.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's a totally centralized project in the sense that Ben and the the really small team that he has working with them are responsible for everything. Uh, and we, like we saw over the past couple of weeks after Origin City sold out in the beginning of April, like he has decided to mint uh, like totally new land parcels in the form of islands. So like that that part is, is very centralized right now. Mm-hmm. But it's been incredible to see like the, the growth, like in terms of daily active users, I saw Jin uh, the other day talk about this in the CryptoVoxel server. CV, CryptoVoxels is up to about 650 daily average users um, versus like DCL, which is at around 500. And then Somnium Space, which is hovering around 50 to 100, depending on the day. So, I mean, and that's growing. Like we saw with uh, the, the ethereal summit virtual sessions, like we're onboarding new people by the day. Um, Like what you're doing, uh, you're doing the Lord's work, by the way, inviting your,
1: your, uh, tell them how
0: great I am. (laughs) (laughs) Inviting the, the, anyone that you're hopping on a zoom call with, like it, it is trivially easy to hop into crypto voxels in particular and just kind of like roam around whether you use the, whether you use the, the in audio element or not, or you just stay on your zoom call and you just fly around. That's right. Yeah. It's so simple. And that's obviously part of the, the secret sauce for why I think, CryptoVoxels is very special and why it continues to grow and why like Rizzle, myself, Token Smart crew sent like we're, we're doing these virtual events weekly. Um, it, it's just so easy to throw people a link and have them pop in there. So to kind of like turn our attention away from current issues, which obviously exist, but are being troubleshot in real life. Like, like, let's look ahead. Let's even consider COVID going away sooner than later where do you see virtual reality playing a role in a post corona future when people go back to uh, the the meat space uh, do you see it sticking yeah. around do you see yeah just curious to hear your thoughts you on it what
1: that. let's let's see if i can pull up um i'm going to check out so i sent out a type form survey yesterday to the 220 speakers from ethereal and one of the questions i asked them was <laughs> Even if the coronavirus went away, I, I, I think I said in the question, assuming that there will be a vaccine that is distributed worldwide, would you still be interested in virtual events, or would you be more interested? Let, let me see what it what it said here. It was, I, by the way, I, just looking yesterday, I was getting more ants. Most people were saying I would be more interested in virtual events moving forward. So th- this was, this was a, you know, again, asking, would you, would you opt for virtual events over real life events? And I was, you know, kind of not surprised because I, I, I think like what I've seen at the, at the ground level, talking with everyone that went to it, despite the audio issue issues we talked about, people were very, very positive. It was kind of one of those things like, I'm just so happy that we were able to have this get together and it was really fun to. You know, get to be able to speak and um, yeah, it, it's so so. Anyways, I think like my 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 assumption is that there will be more virtual events happening than ever before. I can't say whether they'll completely replace real life events. I did have quite a few people say to me, "I really am excited for us all to hang out again. I miss being able to see everyone and kind of hug everyone in person." And and I'm totally there as well. I want to do some real life events, but like. I would not skip the chance to do some crypto voxels talks if I was doing a real life event, because I just think it's so much, <clears throat> it's so much fun to to use this new tool. And it's so much fun to escape from reality when I'm in like a 12 by 12 foot room with my computer stacked on pillows and my cats, you know, swiping at me for food. Like I love getting into crypto voxels. I feel like I'm staring up at three stories of paintings and I love the fact that, like, I just—that's probably the my favorite thing about crypto voxels right now is like I really do get lost in, like, I don't. What is it? The height and the depth of things. Like, I feel like I'm there. I've definitely had dreams about crypto voxels, so like, it's that it's become that like ingrained in me that I'm having like some VR uh, related dreams.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I feel like the, like at this point, like moving forward, like how do you not? at least have like a joining virtual event with your real world event. Because the the one thing that I've learned from all this and and everything going virtual is I get to attend everything like suddenly, you know what I mean? From my living room or or whatever, which is really, really cool. And, you know, in the past I would probably, you know, have to pick one or two, uh, you know, events and, and, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes into it and there's usually some live streams, but, the the effort is generally like not nearly what it is in, in making those presentable versus like, you know, the in-person experience. And certainly you lose something with like the, the physical proximity and just like being around people and everything. But uh, moving forward, I'm like, you know, I've attended a lot of things and events that probably weren't virtual last year or whatever that I would certainly miss attending moving forward but i would there's there's no way i would be able to attend all these events in real life if everything were to go back to uh, you know in-person events or whatever so um i don't know i you know it just seems like how how do you not have like a ver- even if ethereal summit goes everything goes back to normal and you could host an in-world event how do you not now have a virtual component to the ethereal summit uh, you know what I mean? I, I don't even know if it's possible to walk it back at, at this point. For a I don't think it
1: is. Yeah, I, I want to be unequivocal in saying there is no way that you can walk this back. People are excited, and they are happy to have been exposed to all of this. And, you know, uh, b- by the way, the actual stats that, that I had here, this is only 27 people have responded, so it's not, not a huge sampling, but uh, 14 or 51.9% said yes, they would actually prefer uh, virtual events versus traditional live events, even after there's a vaccine. Wow. And then 40% said no. So uh, it was almost 11%, more, 12% more said that they would prefer it. And then the others, there was another 8% who said, um, I'd like a combination of the two events. Um, I someone said here in a world after COVID physical events remain an important part of our distributed ecosystem to cross-fertilize and innovate well this is a very nice answer virtual events should be <laughs> complementary to disseminate knowledge and save on carbon e- emissions I mean that to me like I flew I had an unbelievable time when we did ethereal Tel Aviv it was just so exciting because I've, I've never been to Israel and I never thought I would get to make a trip like that but I I also it took weeks for me to recover because I was so exhausted from the whole production and um, just staying out late working on this. I'd like to say it was staying out late because of drinking, but it was really just, I was exhausted from working the whole time. And uh, this time I went to sleep (laughs) on Friday night. I woke up Saturday morning and everything's fine because I'm in my own home. And, uh, you know, it was a really quick and easy recovery and, and there's no cleanup. That's another crazy thing. Like all the cleanup that we do and, There's just, yeah, there's so much there. And then cost. Oh my God. The cost of producing a live event like Ethereal, the production, I'm not, I'm not totally confident in what it would have been this year, but let's conservatively say 500 to $600,000 to put on the type of event that we normally put on. And in this case, like we were able to have a blast. Um, We didn't charge people. So like, obviously we made it a free event, but you know, it it didn't come with this insane price tag that, that is required to produce live events.
0: It'll be really interesting to see, like, how the virtual element remains heading forward. It definitely feels like the cat is out of the bag with these, especially, I mean, out in our circle, like, what's happening in... Whether it's NFT based virtual reality worlds or if other VR worlds become more accessible to folks, and like if COVID really serves as that forcing function to spur on the like headset purchasing movement that we're, we're seeing in, in circles uh, around us, um, it'll be interesting to see how it, it remains. I have a feeling like the the v r like the the v r component of the virtual meetups will stick around that feels truly special to me, and um maybe some of the platforms that we're seeing emerge for these uh for the other like digital virtual sessions like what consensus distributed is doing with Grella or something like that. It just seems very very well thought out um it it, it builds in and allots for like technical issues people can fast forward even though it's a live event um so that's that feels like something that will actually stick around and, and work i know ethereal summit i caught some of the sessions and it was that that was also um a, a good approach uh, obviously there wasn't i think the a, a buffer for some of the, the audio issues but i mean like th- those are small speed bumps in the grand scheme of things
1: yeah yeah i don't want yeah i definitely can't, i can't downplay enough uh or I, I don't want to downplay the fact that I think consensus, having just been on the their their live stream, uh, they really know how to run that live stream well. And they use, I think they use Zoom webinar and they just, you know, they stream that out. But yeah, they've they've done a tremendous job. I mean, I was I was I felt like I felt like I was treated incredibly well by people who were very confident in everything that they were doing. And the only thing at one point my audio actually cut out from the start, it wouldn't work. But because of ethereal, I kind of like was like, wait a sec, I'm using a secondary microphone. I should just not use it. I ripped it out and my audio started working immediately.
0: <laughs> That's a hundred percent. If you're having audio issues, rip that secondary microphone out. That usually does the trick.
1: I'll always fixes it. Yep. Yep.
0: But, but heading into the last part of this talk i'm curious like for ethereal summit like heading forward like what will be the next steps like is is there another event that y'all will plan before the end of the year are you going to be making contingency plans uh like if there is a vaccine developed or if covid dissipates around the world and like green zones open up curious like next steps for the remainder of this year for ethereal summit what should folks look out for
1: yeah yeah uh so as far as i know uh in terms of the live event portion, like that is still completely on pause, so we're not we're not even talking about it at this point. Uh, th- there will start to be conversations around like what is the trigger for us to be able to start planning that, uh, and so you know actually I think like realistically like we're we're hopeful that maybe we can do a live event by the fall. Uh, I and I I realize that's it kind of contradicts what I was saying earlier. Like I personally don't think that we're going to be out of this and be able to do live events. But I think as a team, I think like I'm one of the people who's a little more pessimistic about the the outlook on the world with this. And I think like we could be stuck in this for a lot longer. And there's others that are like, hey, like we want to do these events if we can host them. And if people are willing to come and as long as everyone is safe, we want to get back to that. Um, the, cool, the good news, the better news is that uh, we're going to start doing ethereal sessions and sessions will probably happen uh, once a month, minimally, potentially more than that on occasion. And so think of an ethereal sessions as it could be as short as an hour and maybe we do two talks or we do one big discussion topic. Uh, it also could be a number of different talks. Um, so there's, yeah, so there's those two approaches, I guess. And and I think the ethereal sessions, you'll see that within about a month's time. Like we will figure something out. I really would love to do something again in crypto voxels Uh, at some point. I have to get, um, the team has to make a decision as a whole. So uh, as much weight as I can throw behind that, I'd love to do something crypto voxels sooner. And then uh, I'd say the last thing is I'm, I'm really interested in I don't have any sort of timeline or expectation for this just yet, but I'm really interested in helping Wall Street and to understand the value of ETH. Like I think that there's like I think that liquidity of ETH is very important to the future of Ethereum and anything that is built on top of it, like like NFTs. And so that's something that again, no plan quite yet, but I, I'm really pushing for that. I think that I think there's a real disconnect right now that Wall Street understands Bitcoin as digital gold, and they don't quite understand the complexity of everything being built on Ethereum. And I think we need—it's our job to kind of dumb it down and help them to, you know, bridge that gap. But uh, but yeah, the Ethereum Sessions thing is just—I'm excited for that. Like that's where we would talk about NFTs. That's where we would talk about, you know, digital art. That's where we would talk about all the cool things being built in Crypto Voxels and Somnium and Decentraland.
2: Dad, you're the man, dude. I feel like if there's anyone who should be leading the charge in that area, uh, it's you, man. You're like one of my favorite like most personable, easiest uh people to talk to uh out there in this space. Um dude, so towards the end of the podcast, man, I'm always trying to like peek into people's wallets and everything. So if we could sort of like How much money do you slightly- have, Dad? Show me your oh, bank no, account. <laughs> <laughs> Not that wallet, no, but kidding. I mean, if you want to hit me with those stats too, man, but uh, you know, uh, if you, if uh, interested to hear, like, have you picked up anything through crypto voxels in your ETH wallet or any like cool NFTs or projects like that have nothing to do with anything, uh, that you're currently working on that you've been checking out or what's,
1: Oh yeah. Line? Yeah. Good, good point. So I've got, um, I, I haven't bought any art yet. And I think that's because I've been toying with the idea of like, I just love to explore crypto voxels. And I was, someone was asking me last week, they're like, you should get a parcel and start building on it. And I was like, I honestly like my, my, my expectations of what people can build has become so inflated because of like people like Josie, like Josie ruins you because You look at what she builds and you're like, oh, of course, everybody can build. (laughs) Um, I look at the stuff that you guys have had built uh, through Token Smart, And so I'm considering that. I do have a bunch of wearables now. Um, I need to dress up my avatar more with them, but I've got a little beer mug. I've got, uh, finally changed the colors. I named my avatar, DeFi Dad. Uh, uh, What else have I done in there? Um, I'd say, so aside from like wearables though, I, okay. I'm, I'm obsessed with the, who built the territory nightclub. I think that's like one of the coolest things I've seen there. You like, I don't think you can enter the territory nightclub night or club, whatever it is. You have to actually find it through crypto voxels because I don't think there's a doorway to get inside, but it's, it's, it's got like a dance club um, at the bottom of it. And it, it's just, it's so cool. Do you guys know what I'm talking about?
2: Dude, I've not been there. No, I. Oh my god! Oh, it I'll it send out. you the yeah, link.
1: Man. Oh, it's so cool! Oh my god, so cool!
2: I think so- I finally learned out how to do learned how to do the chicken dance with my avatar, so I'm I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. What What do you do? you press G, right? You press yeah. G. You press G, and then you got to click the tab over to dance. And there's only like I think you got dance or wave. So right now it's all chicken dance. Yeah, I love it.
1: Um, I think another one I just discovered the the pyramid the other day that someone built.
2: Yes. Oh my God. Oh right. God. Vesa's cool pyramid. Yeah, that is insane. Ridiculous.
1: That is so cool. The Scarlet Factory is one of the prettiest, most interesting places I've ever been. I think about it sometimes, even though I'm not there, which again, like I've got <laughs> two kids that are under four screaming. I have no reason to be thinking about it other than the fact that I just I just think it's so cool and I, I kind of want to go there with people and show them like Like, why would you not want to return to this place? It's so pretty, uh, just to check out. Uh, Oh God, there's another one that looks like a video game palace. It's all black and orange. I can't remember the name of it. It's got, it's one long hallway. I'm trying to remember what the thing is called. Uh, It's so cool. I also just saw something yesterday. It's like super tall and it's black and yellow. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The, um this it's like a i think it's a really new structure in origin city um anyways that's that's a, so I need to remember the names of them but i i have committed to try to do a meeting every day in crypto voxels and i think i i don't know i just i'm i'm unsure of whether I will eventually buy a parcel or not just because I really buy into the like i buy into this idea that this community is um Hi Sloney, sorry my daughter just woke up. Hi. Um imagine imagine someone buys up some land and isn't using it the way that they should. Like I just I can't imagine just sitting on a parcel. Like I I I definitely would have to be prepared to have uh some contractor or someone like build it out for me cuz I I'd, I'd really want to add something. Like I'd want to be proud to say like this is my skin in the game. This is my thing. Everybody can enjoy it for free, of course. And then then it becomes kind of like a VR home for me,
2: dude. I agree with you. It's, it's very intimidating. I don't own a parcel either. I just lurk and wander around, much like yourself. And uh, but yeah, because I don't want to put up some j- some janky box or whatever. It's like this is this is Rizzle's house. <laughs> you know, it yeah. looks like a square. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
1: I, I like. Have you guys seen this? Uh, what is it? it? Josie created it. It was after the Ethereal Summit um, on Friday we linked everyone at the, at the bottom of the agenda. We were trying to get people to move over to a piece that Josie put together. And it was, it was like a puzzle. Like you could get lost in this, like, uh, almost like a maze. And, and it was just so cool. I, I, uh, I was taking video of it. And like, that's one of the ways I'm trying to lure people in is I constantly take videos of everything in crypto voxels, 32nd clips posted to Twitter because That's the sort of visual thing that you need to see to draw you in. And and, and it needs to be posted over and over and over again so that people continue to see it until they say, damn it, Dad, fine, I'll go in there and I'll try this VR thing out.
0: Yeah, and I mean... (laughs) Again, like I I really want to keep talking about this and like the builds in CryptoVoxels, it's every single day. You're just seeing more amazing builds by folks like a lot of money. Uh, who's one of the premier uh, designers within the, the metaverse and like these virtual reality spaces, they are stunning builds, incredible detail. Um, and again, it's only a click away. Anyone can view it in any of their tabs or browsers and it just, one of the most exciting parts of, of being alive today. It it really is. It's, it's so fantastic.
1: That's the best way to say it. It is, I feel very, very lucky to know this and I've only known it for about four months. It feels like, how did I not know all of this existed? And, uh, Hey, well, if, by the way, if you guys, or if anyone listens to this in the next day or so, just, um, on Friday, consensus with a U, consensus distributed the CoinDesk one. They're doing a really cool thing. They're working with the Nifty Studio. So Jin, which I think we all know uh, Jin from Crypto Voxels, but also Jin is in all VR communities. Um, they they built this incredible TV studio in VR chat, and it's just. It's, it looks like a TV studio. It has cameras. It has, you know, cameras that run on tracks. It it feels and looks exactly like what you would expect. Not having, of course, I've never worked in a TV studio, but you kind of recognize all the parts and pieces. And um, they're going to do a talk this Friday at five o'clock Eastern. Uh, It's going to be me, Josie, I think Coldy might be there or maybe not. Maybe Coldy was just hanging out. Uh, Luke Kerner, who runs a Crypto Mondays VR, and Udi, who I think has like the largest Bitcoin meetup. Uh, We're going to just talk about VR meetups and kind of like what the future of that looks like. So anyways, that's all going to get live streamed to Twitter. So that'll that'll be really fun to um, uh, check out on Friday at 5 p.m.
0: Awesome. Well, DeFi Dad, it was a pleasure to get to talk to you all about VR, VR uh, and virtual events. I am really excited to see what you guys at Ethereal uh, Summit are able to push out with your sessions later this year. And just for, for all the crazy work that you'll uh, obviously keep on doing. So thank you so much for your time and keep on keeping on.
1: Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Uh really appreciate all the work you and, and Rizzle do for the community. So thanks. Thanks again, guys. Talk to you
2: soon. You're the man, Dad. Thank you, dude. <laughs> thanks. Uh,
0: <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thanks, boys. Go clean up your room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks. Hey everybody, this is Matthew again. And I really hope you enjoyed the conversation that Rizzo and I had with DeFi Dad. As always, if you haven't yet subscribed to the Udersiver Drink podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen. And if you really enjoyed this episode, make sure you recommend it to a friend whom you think would enjoy this sort of interview. Our next few special interviews will take place with some exciting projects, including Glendroid and Crypto Motors. So look out for those episodes to drop soon. Also, on Saturday at 12 PM Pacific, the Infinite FT launch party and auction will take place in Cryptovoxels. So watch out for links. To that event, make sure you attend and enjoy your weekend. Sent on.